Ania Lumba, the author of this essay, of the essay Feminism, Nationalism and Postcolonialism, is an Indian literary scholar. She is the author of Colonialism, Postcolonialism and works as a liter literature professor at the University of Pennsylvania. Uh, her areas of research includes modern culture, postcolonialism, history of colonialism, uh, etc. Since you have already uh, read the essay, you might have understood and gone through the materials that were circulated earlier. You might have understood that the first, uh, most of the pages of the essay deal uh, with the concept of feminism, nationalism, and in, uh, nationalism and postcolonialism. It looks at the plight of women during the time of uh, nationalism and the postcolonial period. How uh, does uh, is there an, is there any change that happened in the lives of the women, uh, especially during this period? Is what the author looks into. Uh, while exploring this particular topic, the author also brings into our attention the cultural narratives that connect the mother's body and motherhood to the ideas of community, region and nation, both to establish the concept of the nation and to challenge it as an imagined community. The essay brings uh, to our response the following questions. First, in what ways has the representation of the mother's mother as national allegory uh, constricted women's social, sexual, economic and political roles in different geographical, cultural and historic contexts? Uh, it's the first question that might arise in our minds after reading this particular essay. The second question is, how does mother as a nation disguise the ideology of motherhood both in forcing women to want to be mothers and in keeping mothers in the private place rather than allowing them in a public rather than allowing them a public voice the third question is when and for what causes are women allowed to enter the public discourse and political activism as mothers and when they have crossed the line what will happen the last question is how do we recuperate the diverse individual and collective experiences of motherhood as well as of non-motherhood and integrate them into the historical narrative feminists and gender studies show how the family has served as a foundational metaphor for constructing national identities and national unity as well as defining and legitimizing specific roles within the family and the nation. In the colonial period, the concept of Mother India had emerged as a powerful symbol in the nationalistic politics. However, this female cultural representation of Mother Nation undoubtedly had a socio-cultural and religious origin in the form of the earthly mother, the mother goddess and the mother land, and Bharat Mada, all of which shows the powerful mother god, goddess Durga or Kali as an important figure in the Hindu pantheon at once nurturing and destructive. 
so the images of uh, kali and durga and the bharat mata concept which were very uh, popular during those particular times have a link with the hindu uh, religion hindu nationalism in the uh, in the militant discourse of hindu nationalism this religious symbolism reigned supreme and mother india came to represent the holy land upon which uh, ram raj was to be constructed or founded communalist ideal ideologues felt that her virtue and purity must be aggressively defended against alien men whether muslim or the british this might be the reason why um, nation itself was given a feminine um, gender so that whenever there is an attack on the nation it will be uh, protected by the fellow men the concept of mother india was aptly framed so as to exploit both the imperialist and the nationalist investments in the woman question for making its own case against indian self government it owed its entire discussion of the plight of indian women in fact to the central tropes that had already been long established in the imperialist writings on women in india mother india for example defined the problems of women in india only in relation to the timeless hindu cultural practices there is a reference to the abolition of sadi in the coming up uh, pages and why it was uh, considered important in the indian history you can go through the pages and find uh, the anecdote there its diagnosis of the problems of indian women ignored both the historical and the material factors that were behind particular cultural practices and shifting and the shifting impact of these practices on women by overlooking the role of colonial state in its diagnosis of women's co- condition in india moreover it also uh, looks and the colonial interventions in indian economy and in indian culture mother india paid attention only to the contributions of british men and women in the upliftment of indian women neither the colonial government's repeated opposition to a number of re- reform measures including bills sponsored by indian legislators for raising the age of consent abol- and abolishing child marriage nor the many reform initiatives for women undertaken by indian women indian men and women themselves held much interest before we go deep into the topic of uh, feminism and nationalism uh, as a title uh, clearly says about nationalism uh, we would like i would like to talk a little bit more about nationalism you might be familiar with the term nationalism but uh, what do you think is the definition can you give a definition of nationalism nationalism is an idea which fills uh, man's brain and heart with new thoughts and new sentiments and drives him to translate his consciousness into deeds of organized action nationality is not merely about organization and forming a homogeneous identity but more importantly it is a group seeking to find its expression in what it regards as the highest form of organized activity a sovereign state 
like all complex historical movements nationalism is not a monolithic phenomenon to be deemed entirely good or entirely bad nationalism has its own pros and cons the theory of nationalism has always been complicated by this background and by the intrusion of nationalist ideology into the theory there are also national differences in the theory of nationalism that is uh, depending upon the local uh, lo uh, local history there are changes in the definitions of nationalism by the end of the 19th century there was a um, grappling issue of uh, getting freedom from the colonial power this process was accompanied by a process of self definition where nation states that emerged out of anti colonial struggles debated and constructed a discourse not just around a set of democratic rights but also around a notion of selfhood and identity one needs to look at the specific socio historical conditions in which most of the these uh, national nationalist movements occur and try to understand these movements as uh, rational attempts made under difficult conditions to pursue the universally accepted ideals of enlightenment and progress partha chatterjee uh, is a name uh, which you all know you are familiar with the theories uh, the essays written by partha chatterjee uh, in his overview of the discourse of nation and nationalism he discusses the process of modernization that began in europe because of enlightenment so he thinks that not only he uh, the history shows that modernization had its beginning in europe and they it gradually spread to the rest of the world affecting the traditional setup of many non european societies in his view the problem with nationalism is that it attains and continues the baleful legacies of eurocentrism and orientation orientalism so um, he thinks that as mo most of the, the um, like most of the theories uh, nationalism also uh, tend to be a little bit eurocentric critics have generally argued that the concept of nation was invented or imagined into existence in the 19th century even though in the indian context it has to be noted that bharata varsha or hindustan has thousands of years of historical tradition colonial india is merely a fragment of this long tradition and a study of the colonial india is insufficient to come to any conclusion regarding the beginnings of nationalism in india benedict anderson uh, the theories of his imagined community we already discussed um, his own print capitalism and determination of nationalism through language fixes a western pattern of one language one nation that cannot be an acceptable model for a country like india uh, which has diverse languages and cultural traditions you might be familiar with Uh, the name virginia wolf uh, who talked about women women's need to have rooms of their own or a space of their own in her three guineas uh, she talks about the connection between women and a country the uh, quotation goes like this as a woman i have no country as a woman i want no country it is a um, thought that she expresses 
it is difficult to decipher whether Wool's elated uh, disenfranchisement of herself springs from the defiance or defeat. However, it raises an important question. Where is the woman in the project of nationalism and the nation state? Does she have a role? If at all she has a role, what is the role that she plays in it? So if you have gone through the essay, the first page of the essay, you might have now understood that since nation and women are equated and the concept of nation and family are equated, uh, nationalistic spirit or the, uh, and the colonial powers have tried to equate all these in such a way that women, the so-called, uh, the women of this uh, period does not have a say of their own. They are just equated to all these concepts. They don't have a say of their own, but they are uh, elevated in uh, in the paper, just the paper. So it means that the motherland, which the uh, where the uh, which the uh, essays or the theories talk about the mother India or the Britomart, which the theories talk about. Um, is a male nationalistic spirit, is a male, male nationalistic concept and it might not signify home to a lot of women they are talking about. Unlike men, women appear in a metaphoric or symbolic role in all these cases. Uh, from the starting itself, uh, feminist analysis or analysis of politics, nation, citizenship, etc. shows that Women are excluded from the exercise of political power. For long periods of history, women were denied the vote in even in the Western democracies, and women are still dramatically underrepresented in the formal political institutions and the decision making bodies worldwide. The Renaissance spirit did not guarantee women liberty or equality, though the uh, theory and the historical uh, representations tend to portray it in that way, it has not actually liberated the women. Writings on education, domestic life and society have been identified which uh, sharp, sharply distinguishes an inferior domestic realm from the superior public realm of men. So there is a difference between, there, is, there are two realms that are created by uh, the renaissance during that particular renaissance period, that is the inferior domestic realm and the superior public realm of men. So, um, this um, itself is the private and the public sphere which Habermas talks about. I think we will discuss in detail the uh, further concepts in the next classes. Uh, this is uh, the lecture for today. I hope you understood what have uh, that what has been discussed already.